At ECRI, our engineers test medical devices as complex and large as magnetic resonance imaging and computer tomography scanners, and as small and seemingly basic as exam gloves. We're here in ECRI's lab with Julie Miller, a principal project engineer, to talk about how we test those exam gloves, what we're looking for, and how that impacts patient safety. So uh, as you're testing the gloves here in our, in our lab, what kind of things are you testing for? We use our Instron tensile testing machine where I would cut out a sample from the palm of uh, different types of gloves. They're all nitrile exam gloves is what we've been focusing on for this evaluation. But we took them from five different manufacturers that made up a majority of that half billion dollars to spend. Um, cut a sample and stretch it on our Instron testing machine to find out its force at rupture and the elongation, so how long it stretches before it ruptures. And we can use that data to calculate the modulus, um, the, the elastic modulus of the gloves to tell us, you know, it's, it's kind of a measurement of how comfortable the gloves might be, mm, balancing okay. stretch versus strength. Okay. Um, so we do that. I do that testing out of box, you know, directly take the gloves out of the box, take a sample of them. Um, and I did that testing, aging those gloves in an oven, um, because you know you take a, a, a box of gloves out at the hospital. Are these about to expire, or they just come off the manufacturing floor? Um, and then I did even a step beyond that. Uh, I bathed aged samples of gloves in a synthetic sweat solution <laughs> because I don't know about you, but when I wear some gloves, it's not you know the prettiest inside there. <laughs> so. Right. Um, is that sweat going to impact the performance of the gloves? So we wanted to take a look at those different scenarios. Um, and then things like consistency of sizing, you know, is every glove in this size going to be the same size? Mm. Um, is, you know, clinicians need to be able to rely on that, that if I, I believe that I'm a small pair of gloves in this manufacturer, if I'm in a hurry, I don't want to put one on and be like, why is this huge, you know? Right, right, yeah. Um, so consistency is important. And then beyond the bench testing, we also did some user testing, which involved volunteers coming in. Um, I made them put on all the gloves, and I did a, kind of a battery of tests with them, which involved, um, one of them was a two-point discrimination test. So I would um, have them don a pair of gloves, and then I would use this two-point discriminator to, to poke their finger, and they, they're not looking, tell me if you feel one point or two. And mm. I'm trying to discern what's the smallest distance they can feel, gloved and ungloved, um, to see if that's impacting their tactility. Um, I did dexterity tasks with a like pick and place and assembly to see if, you know, can, I, can you assemble more things in a minute with this pair of gloves versus barehanded versus this pair of gloves. So we're just kind of trying to find different ways to pull out any differences we can between the gloves. Uh, that makes sense because I'm thinking as, as a clinician or provider, you know, whoever's wearing these gloves, their their want is going to be I want it to feel as close to barehanded as I can mm -hmm. right because I need that tactile sensitivity and all that to manipulate instruments patients stuff as and I'm then, caring for a patient exactly and then something that you might not even think about being important is that how easy is it to remove them from the box which is another thing that mm. I ask my users so you've probably experienced you know you take a nitrile glove and exam glove out of a box and like four more come with it yeah. and they fall on the floor. Well, now we can't use those, <laughs> right? right? right, right yeah. So like how easy are they to take out of the box? How easy are they to put on? And when you doff them, when you take them off, do you feel protected? Um, can you doff them in a manner that's not gonna expose you to mm -hmm. whatever you were trying to prevent from contaminating you, yourself in the first place? Do you have any sense of, you know, how many gloves are used in a hospital in a day or, at a, or mm -hmm. per interaction? Or how, do, how fast does this add up? It can add up pretty quickly in a sneaky sort of way. So. 
you know, depending on the patient care area and where, you know, the, how many different clinicians are coming in to see them. Um, for example, someone in an ICU, uh, there was, was an estimate from the Johns Hopkins Security Center that came out with um, a single patient in ICU per day might need 170 pairs of gloves. Wow. Uh, like at the height of the pandemic, yeah. which is a lot of gloves. Um, and if we say that a pair of gloves is about 10 cents, let's say, uh, $20 over, <laughs> over right. a day per patient, you know, it adds up. And um, we have price tracking data through our supply guide database where we can see the total amount of spend that people are putting into different mm. types of products. Mm -hmm. um, and you would think, you know, gloves, they're basic, they're everywhere. Right. It's a half billion dollars of spend in our database. So that's, you know, that's not... It's a good representation of the market, but just to give you an idea, that's it's a lot of money. It's a huge amount of money yes. for something that we can really easily dismiss as eh, yeah. a 10 cent pair of gloves. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So you mentioned exposure. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe a little bit of a basic question, but part of the reason we're testing these gloves is because if they fail while I'm wearing them, mm -hmm. that's bad. Uh, what are some of the things that could happen to a person, either the provider or the patient, if I've got a pair of gloves that fails? Um, I don't think that's a simple question at all. So like any other PPE, um, if it fails, you've got a, a risk of contamination, not only for the clinician, but for the patient that they're treating. Um, it's, a, it's a failure of a barrier that you've put in place to protect both of you. So um, it's not necessarily something detrimental is going to happen, but there is a risk. Um, and you know, you would have to, to tend to that risk. Um, it, it's hard to say, like, we don't get many reports of gloves having failed. Now, is that because they're not failing or is that because, you know, they're gloves? I'll th take them off and put another pair right. and no one cares. Um, but, you know, a failure is a failure and we're wearing them for a reason. So. Right. And I would think, as I'm thinking it through, there's the infection risk, but there's even just the delay of I've got to go get a new pair of gloves. Mm -hmm. And like before, my hands were sweaty in there and now I've got to force this next pair on, which mm -hmm. is another thing we looked at. I made people wet their hands and put on a pair of gloves to see how difficult it was, which I would admit is against indications for gloves, but... But that's real-world use. Yeah. <laughs> we're getting both at user comfort mm -hmm. and usability, yep. right? We're attacking both ends to, to, for that. I yep. like that. Great. Julie, thanks so much for doing this. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks for watching ECRI Now. You can find more insights from the experts on YouTube and at ecri.org. Until next time, I've been your host, Paul Anderson.